Blog Talk Radio. So it's faith-based. So you're involved with faithism, not atheism, right? It was that you said, saying that you know a lot of Christians, um, they maybe text or they maybe email you, and you know they was pretty much scared of you. And I said, oh, okay, a challenge, okay. No, I believe the Bible. I don't believe the Bible is saying that slavery is okay because it gives instructions about how to handle slavery. Andrew, that's faith. You just said you accept evolution, evolution theory. So that's faith. You got faith in a theory. By any chance, are you gay? Uh, what do you think about bow totes? I want to thank everybody for joining me on the Atheist Roundtable tonight. Tonight I have a super special guest because sometimes you'll hear people being interviewed when they've just released a book. Ha! I have them beat. This book isn't even out yet. That's how cool I am. That's right. I'm so cool, I got the author before his book released. And therefore, tonight we're going to have a great conversation with Craig Wells. Craig, welcome to the Atheist Roundtable. Much appreciated to be here. Thank you. So tell me about this book that you have written that no one can get yet. Well, it's called The Blasphemous Bible, and it's essentially a satirical rewrite of the King James Bible in full. Every book, every chapter, every verse I read, I analyzed, I rewrote in a blasphemous, sometimes sarcastic, sometimes humorous, or often terrifying manner. Wait, did did you say you rewrote the entire Bible? The entire Bible, from Genesis to Revelation and everything in between. The Protestant version, anyways, not the uh, Catholic version, the one I grew up with. Sure, right. Uh, Whatever made you, possessed you to think that rewriting this book was a good idea? Well, I remember about at least nine, possibly ten to eleven years ago, it was while George W. Bush was still in charge, so you have to take that into consideration. I got laid off from my job the first time at Savage Arms. I won't go into that mess. I was working a job in um, Scarborough, which is at least two hours drive away from where I was living, and I was traveling back and forth, staying at my parents, working in Scarborough, going to Peterborough, where there was no work, but I was desperate. And for some reason, I just remember being in my bed at my parents' house, looking up, and I see the um, copy of the uh, King James Bible. Now, I will admit I was raised religious. I was pretty much raised in a very big, over-organized cult, as far as I'm concerned, though. My parents might disagree. At this point, I'm atheist, and it just occurred to me, you know, why hasn't anybody seriously made fun of this religious text? It seems like such an obvious idea. Why hasn't it been done before? 
Now, satire comes naturally to me. I have a very warped mind. <laughs> and I remember going home to Peterborough, reading the Bible that I got from my parents, and just kind of went from there. And once you... Okay, Genesis had some juicy material. The four books afterwards, there's some good bits, but it's all mostly just laws and build me an ark of chicken wood inlaid with gold and carved with acorns and precious gems so that when the people see me rolling, they be hating God loves them. <laughs> oh man, does he love his bling. It's like he cursed the Israelites because they had more bling than God. Anyway. I quickly wrote through it because I was, you know, at the time I started, I was half employed, did get rehired back to my old job, and I was, you know, working that job, writing, working that job, writing, got laid off again, joys of recession, and working for a small arms factory during the NRA scare of the Obama election. Bloody Sarah Palin. <laughs> and uh, quickly finished. And um, shortly after Obama was elected, and then it was a matter of finding a publisher. Mm. And I had no clue how to find a publisher and all the um, research and looking on Google, pretty much had me um, go, there is no way I am going to find a publisher. Because I thought it was going to be something as simple as, you know, introductory email, send them a transcript. Well, everything I found on Google required actual snail mail of a document. If you send it Digitally, they won't take you seriously. And having a literary agent, when when you guys got laid off of work and you're on unemployment insurance, it's uh, pretty expensive. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. So let me go back just a little bit to the process of writing this book. Were you already an atheist when you started this project? Yes. So, there are large sections of the Bible. I don't have to tell you this. There are large sections of the Bible where the action literally grinds to a halt. And then, when the action picks up again, it's the same action as it was three books ago. Not just three books ago, two chapters ago. Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, how do you get past that? Because that's that's where people ordinarily burn out when they read the Bible, right? When I was reading the Bible when I was a believer, realizing that I was reading the same dull stuff over and over again just made me drop it. I am cursed with stubbornness. Sometimes it's a good thing. That's really all I can say. I had the idea. 
I started it, and I was determined to finish. And let me tell you, no one believed me. No one. I was living... I was living with my sister in Peterborough, and I told her, I have an idea. I'm going to rewrite the Bible in a sarcastic, satirical, blasphemous manner. And she kind of went, yeah, that's a cool idea. Good luck with that. <laughs> yes. And I told my friends, I'm going to rewrite the Bible in a sarcastic, satirical, blasphemous manner. It's going to be called the Blasphemous Bible. And they're all looking at me like, yeah, good luck with that. Once I finished the Old Testament, holy shit, did they realize this guy is not kidding now. Sure, yeah, well, if you can get past the Old Testament, the New Testament has to be a breeze. The New Testament is definitely shorter. Yes. <laughs> but it's, again, um... When you get past the Gospels and Acts, it's boring. It's letters and the Saul or Paul or whatever you want to be called, writing letters to churches across the Mediterranean and Asia, and then there's letters from some of the disciples sending letters to people in churches. And then the acid trip that is Revelations. Yes. Yes. So, you know, um, I listen to a lot of, of atheist podcasters, and going through the Bible has, ha, has kind of become a staple. Um, because I, I, I think that once we've left religion behind, going back to the Bible and reading it again without the need, this deep-seated need for it to be true, um, you get to appreciate, I think, so much more uh, the level of insanity that is just all throughout this thing. Was, was that, was, when you went back to the book to start your project, how familiar were you already with the Bible? Or did you go back through and just like, Holy cow, I can't believe this thing is in here. I don't even have to make fun of it. This is crazy. So I, I was, um, again, growing up in the um, very heavy religious family. I read the entire Bible when I was about eight or nine years old. Now, you have to keep in mind, I was a bit of a antisocial kid and miss diagnosed with mental illness that turns out I might have Asperger's so that's yet to be confirmed. I read I was reading Crime and Punishment in the second grade. So you have to kind of bear that in mind when I say I read the entire Bible when I was about eight or nine years old and I remember just going why does our pastor not preach this? And going back, I remembered some of the uh, what I had 
worried, at the time, false memories of what I read in the Bible. Nope. It's in there. <laughs> it's all in there. Everything horrifying. I remember, like, women purposely getting pregnant to eat the fetus. Mm. Yeah, I, I think that for a lot of atheists, knowing that uh, the Bible is filled with just crazy talk, um, isn't surprising. Um, and so the thing that I'm really looking forward to in this book is, is your perspective on all of the crazy that goes into it. Can, can you give us an idea of, like, I, I, I know that your book is better than the Bible, <laughs> but I also understand that's not a high bar to get over. So, <laughs> so, so what is it? What is, what is it about your book that makes it so much better than the original? People will read it, for one. That's... <laughs> you know, let's be honest. You get, you get people who are religious reading the Bible, they don't pay attention to it. They don't read it. They read Genesis. They might get through Exodus. Leviticus is all boring, and... It really has no business to be born considering all the laws and sacrifices and just silliness that's in Leviticus, but the Bible tends to make horror boring. That's how dull it is. Mm. And your book is going to grab our attention and hold it from beginning to end, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I, made my, I try to make even the dull parts of the Bible entertaining. It was difficult. <laughs> Especially with selenology. There's only a, and Adam begot so-and-so and died at the age of 932. He was killed by a lion while eating his, while washing his loincloth. There's only so much of that I can do. <laughs> right. Yes. Was there ever a point when you're doing this that you were, that you didn't think you were going to make it through it. it, it I, I would say that maybe I've read the Bible twice. But I've tried to read the Bible lots of times. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, y you get so far, and then you're just like, no, I need to skip to the Song of Solomon just to give my brain a rest. And to bring, and to bring like, some porn into this. Yes, my version of Songs of Solomon is quite, um, almost pretty much biblical erotica. It, it, it absolutely is biblical erotica. I, 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 I have a great story about um, how I used to, uh, yeah, we're friends here, I'll tell you the story. Um, I used to masturbate to the Song of Solomon, and um, my mother thought it was just amazing that I was reading the Bible by myself in the bathroom for a long, <laughs> long time. <laughs> now, <laughs> there is no polite way for me to say this, but this is true back when I was promoting regularly. I've given quite a few women my version of Songs of Solomon. They think I should scrap satire and go straight to erotica. Ooh, 
So that's going to be the next book, is Biblical Erotica. I could get down with that. Well, there is a lot of sex in the Bible, but just usually God punishes them, because they're harlots. Yes. He, he, well, but he does it in weird ways. Just Yeah. Yeah. It, anyway, if I understand properly, you just got this whole thing off to a publisher. Is that right? No, I signed a publishing contract with Atas Publishing um, about two and a half, maybe three years ago. Oh. And I'll be honest with you, that was just pure luck and determination on my part. I, I was not expecting this to get published. I was expecting my work was just going to kind of go to waste. Um, to make the long story short, on December 22nd or 23rd, I was walking home after buying stocking stuffers for Christmas, tripped on ice, completely shattered multiple bones in my ankle and broke my leg. And I did not have my cell phone with me, so, you know, someone had to look at this guy with this very messed up looking foot on an odd ankle. They pulled over and called the ambulance for me. And I, after, you know, the coming back from the surgery at the hospital, which was on Christmas, I was thinking to myself, you know, I am bored, I'm in a cast, I can't even walk, that's how severe the uh, break and shattering of the ankles was, fuck it, I'm finding a publisher, and I did it the way that Google, that everything I researched told me not to do, introduction, transcript of Genesis. All email. And I was emailing everyone and everyone I could find. I was Googling publishers. I was looking in the phone book for publishers. I was emailing publishers in Europe, France, United Kingdom, Japan, Australia, New Zealand. And for the most part, got ignored. I even remember the uh, first reply back was um, someone going, we don't publish this type of fiction. And I, you know, just broke my leg, possibly on opiates, so I remember not taking the Percocets. Replied back, well, can you give me any feedback or recommend someone who will be interested? No, you have to do that on your own. <laughs> Anyways, I figured, okay, that's their polite way of telling me to piss off. Go, get an email from another publisher who actually is interested, but tell me that they're too small. So I'm thinking, okay, there's promise here. I find ATAS Publishing. I email ATAS Publishing. And within maybe four hours, the same day, 
get a reply back from them. I love it. Please send more. And I'm thinking, yes, I did it. And that was not even in the new year. That was still in December of 2015. No, not 2015. Um, somewhere around 2014, where I got the reply. Sent them Awesome. Yes, that's how excited they were, and I am ever so grateful to them. That's amazing. That that is so cool. I mean, when I went through uh, the uh, your, your publisher's website, the Eighth House Publishing, or gosh, you just said it four times, and I've it's done lost my from my head. Uh, they seem to really focus on this kind of satirical work. Anyway, I mean, there's a lot of other things that fall into this kind of genre already there. So this, this I'm excited to be able to, to get a hold of the copy. When do can we expect it to come out? We do not have a release date yet, nor am I going to mention one, because the last time we had a release date, I, well, the book ain't out, is it? <laughs> Yeah I, gonna, yeah, I made the mistake of doing pretty much what I'm doing now for a gentleman who ran a television show in Australia. I honestly wasn't thinking much of it, but, you know, publicity is publicity. And then that making him famous because people were watching it and emailing him. Why isn't the book out yet? Why isn't the book out yet? Why isn't the book out yet? And judging from the photos I've seen, he's gone from pretty much doing television in a basement to appearing on daytime TV. <laughs> Gentleman by the name of Adam Bosworth. So what you're saying here is there is great worldwide anticipation for this book. That's what I'm hearing you say here. That's what you're, that's what you're implying. That's, I honestly don't know, but I do know that in Australia, and again, you have to, you have to take this with a grain of salt, because this is him speaking, and I don't live in Australia, so I'm not sure how true this is, but, uh, According to Bosworth, I made him an Australian celebrity. Hey, awesome. Whether or not that's true, or whether or not that's just more through his own determination, I don't know. But he's giving me at least a little bit of credit. Sure, yeah, I'd take it. I'd take it. Uh, all right, well... I can't say how excited I am about this. I mean, I, I really, I really am. And, and again, going over the Bible and making fun of the Bible has kind of become an atheist st staple. But at the same time, we've never got it. I don't think we've ever had it in print 
form. The best I think we've ever had is a long, drawn-out series of podcasts. And, and, and while I'm a podcaster, so I can't really talk down about podcasting, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if, if it, this doesn't deserve a book. If, if, if making fun of the Bible doesn't deserve to be on ink and paper and bound and be on a shelf in, in someone's book, uh, someone's bookshelf. I, I really think that it belongs there. I'm thrilled that, that that you've been able to put this together, and I'm excited to be able to try to figure out where I get to get when it gets released. I'm going to have to be one of the first people in line to get it, and I think that I saw a hint of possibly an ebook release, which will be my preferred method of digesting this. I can confirm with you right now that according to the contract, which I am taking out right now and looking at, that will be available both in digital and printed form on Amazon, Kohl's, Chalkers and Indigo, Barnes and Noble. And if you look at my publisher's work, they do have both digital and print forms of all of your author's work on all of these major websites. Now, as to when it will happen, I will say this. I'm not going to say anything in regards to release date, but I will say this. When I last heard from my publisher, they told me we have until mid-December to refine. In December, it's five weeks away. So everything in regards to editing and refinement and at least getting the book ready for print is expected in fact to be finished in five weeks. Oh. This is cool. This is so cool. You know, what we're going to have to do is I'm going to have to have you back on after the book comes out so we can talk some more about some, maybe maybe we'll have, like, your favorite part that you might be able to release, maybe, to tease the people. We can tell people where they can go and purchase it, and then everybody will be all frothing at the mouth to go... And buy it. I know that it's it, it really has been exciting to learn about this project uh, because again, you know, some especially if if we, if we happen to get it timed with something around a holiday, boy, there are times at a around a holiday that uh, I need comic relief. <laughs> I need a bit of a release and a bit of an escape from life and reality, and um, I, I, I'm I'm thrilled that uh, that that you've been able to complete this and that we're getting close to release date. Closer, right? I am shocked, to be honest, because um, well. When I originally wrote this, it was written in Old King James English, and I think I said previously that who knows how to edit 
in Old King James English. When we decided to scrap it for a more modern approach, the official reason, seeing it easier for the readers, the real reason being if we continued in King James English, it would have been 2020 until it was released. The editing flew by, just flew by on both ends, and I am expecting a complete edit from my publisher, copy edit for my approval, in a matter of weeks where before it will take months for them to do just one book. You are going to try to do satire in King James English? I did do satire in King James English. My word, you are ambitious. Wow. Oh, well, <laughs> that is, that intrigues me even more. I just kind of assumed that you were going to write it in your normal pedestrian, everyday kind of... I had no idea that you had the ambition to try to do it in King James English. That is... Oh, man. You... you that, that... That is impressive. <laughs> That's like looking up at Mount Everest and going, What, that? No, no, I need something bigger. <laughs> I'm doing it backward. As I said, the, when I started, it was all done in King James English, and the editing is just so much a nightmare that we've decided to scrap it about eight books in. I, I will say that it will certainly make for a lot easier digestion uh, for the grand audience. And, and your, do, you, do you think that your audience is mostly going to be atheists, do you think? that believers will pick this up and enjoy it? I think skeptics who are in the midst, you know, the young, the, um, the not yet atheists, but those who have doubt, I think they're the ones who are going to pick it up. They're the ones who are going to read it because, well, they're forced to read the Bible. Why not read a funnier, easier-to-read version? I think they're the ones who are going to be um, the most interested. Saying this, let's be blunt here, shall we? The very success of this book isn't so much dependent on the quality of the writing, but how many people I offend. And considering the situation in the States, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a success more by the people who hate it than by the people who want it. I think it's a knee-jerk reaction from the Christian right. Ah, well, if there's one group I don't mind you baiting into a knee-jerk reaction. <laughs> would, uh, Craig, I want to thank you so much for joining me. It has been a, a true pleasure and honor to have you. We will have. To, I want to have to have you back when the book actually comes out. For now, what I'll do is I'll post some links to your publisher and your page at your publisher's website in the show notes. I don't know who reads show notes for podcasts, but they'll be there for those people who do. All right, Craig, thanks so much for joining me. You are an awesome, awesome man. I am so glad that I was able to catch you on Facebook 
to be able to do this interview because uh, th- this is phenomenal. I don't ever get to interview authors before the book is released. I, I always have to learn about books afterwards. I feel so special. You've made me special. I'm all warm and tingly inside tonight. Well, in all honesty, you were the first one to have me. The honor is mine. Well, take care. Thanks for joining me. My pleasure. Take care. Like, Facebook.